the Rangers lose three out of four to the Angels, and Shohei Otani does Shohei Otani things and takes the spotlight away from an absolute garbage fire of an ump show. On today's show, we're getting to all that and more, plus our minor league player of the week. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, June 16th. Your Rangers are 42 and 26, still alone atop the AOS with a three and a half game lead over those Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into the wildness that was last night's game and a little bit of a look around the minor league system, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Now, the theme of this show and this episode, especially segment one, has been the theme for the last four days. Go away, Shohei Otani. Please, please go away. Please go away. You are not welcome here anymore until you decide to sign with the Rangers in the offseason and become my absolute favorite player of all time. This was a series of Shohei Otani doing Shohei Otani things and reminding us, oh yeah, this is the best player in baseball. This is a guy doing unprecedented things, and this is a guy who can single-handedly win a team a series in a spectacular fashion. I mean, he was just unbelievable this series and so unbelievably frustrating for the Rangers because it feels like they pitched him fairly well. They had pitched him fairly well this season. In general, he hadn't hurt the Rangers. He didn't have an extra base hit against the Rangers heading into the series. I remember the, the opening the opening broadcast, uh, the opening remarks of this series on the Monday night game from the Valley Sports Southwest telecast was, hey, Shohei Otani hasn't done that much damage to the Rangers yet this year. Well, that just felt like an invitation, a challenge of, oh, oh yeah, this best player in baseball, he hasn't done much to our team this year. He'll, he'll be fine. The Rangers don't really have to worry about him. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. The wrongest you could possibly be. No no offense to Dave and the whole Bally Sports crew, but uh, that just felt like uh, the wrong way to start off this series, and it, it didn't take Shohei long to imprint his will. This is what he did this series against the Rangers. Seven for 20, four home runs, one double, seven walks, seven RBI, six runs scored, a stolen base, a slash line of 350, 500, and 900. Slugged 900 in this four-game series. Oh, and by the way, he also threw six innings of uh, two earned runs and, and just three strikeouts, which is kind of low for him, but he, he still managed to go six innings, even though the Rangers got him for 31 pitches in the bottom or the, the bottom of the first inning. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because Shohei Otani was just going to do amazing things. And his four home runs, they were all honestly incredible. They were so ridiculously hard hit. The first one, a solo shot, 114.1 miles an hour off the bat, 459 feet to left center field off Grant Anderson. That made it a 5-5 game in the seventh inning and added 20.4% win probability. His second home run was in that same game, only 107 miles an hour off the bat, 388 feet, just a 
paltry shot off Reagan's made it 7-5 in the 12th, 31.3% win probability added. His third home run was in the loss, 116.1 miles an hour off the bat to left center field off of Will Smith, the hardest hit opposite field home run or opposite opposite field batted ball by a lefty in the majors actually i think maybe lefty off lefty or just lefty in general it di- didn't matter because it was absolutely blasted off of will smith made it a three to five game only 0.7 win probability added that was in the ninth inning all these home runs in the seventh inning or later the seventh 12th ninth and eighth inning because his last home run was off of brock burke a two-run shot 109.4 miles an hour off the bat 450 443 feet, excuse me, made it 5-2 in the eighth inning of the series finale, a 14.9% win probability added. In game one, he had 41.6% win probability added, and in the final game of the series, 35.4% win probability added. It was basically the Shohei show. He could not be stopped by this Rangers pitching staff, and, and most of these home runs were on very good pitches. Like, none of them were just hung over the middle of the plate and Shohei just blasted them. These are pitches that were all pit, you know, either to dead left field or left center field. And they were all pitches, I believe, on the inside corner of the plate. And he just turned on them and hit them unbelievably hard to the opposite field because only Shohei Otani can do that. And also, by the way, he pitches and throws 100 miles an hour. It, it's just It's just stupid. And honestly, I'm thankful that that Shohei did his thing like that because it takes away from the absolute abhorrent up show that took place in the Thursday night game. Ramon Jesus, I'm so glad that everybody paid their money to go see you. That's that's what we're all here for, just to go see first base umpire Ramon Jesus. Now, everyone was there to see Nathan Eovaldi versus Shohei Otani. That, that's what the Rangers are paying to see. They're paying to see Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon in this game and doing amazing things as the half-billion-dollar middle infield that is looking like a gamble more and more every single day. But there was a triple ejection in this one after the seventh inning in a key situation where Marcus Simeon got rung up when I, I don't think he should have. The most egregious call in that, maybe he checked his swing, maybe he didn't. There was a runner on third base. The Rangers were down 3-2. to two. And Marcus Simeon is a guy who succeeded, I believe, 85% of the time in getting that runner home with a runner on third and one or fewer outs, and that would have tied the game. But because he got rung up on a iffy check swing call it was worse he was he was up 1-0 in the count the second pitch of the at-bat was I think six inches off off the plate and it some for some reason in the ump scorecards tweet was not even mentioned in there it made it a 1-1 count as opposed to a 2-0 count which is just a huge huge difference in leverage and it was just an egregious call at the time and even both the broadcasters just shouted out, oh, no, 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 there's no way that's striking. You don't really hear that a whole lot from CJ and Dave. Like They're, they're pretty calm, pretty buttoned up, but they, they, let, they let them know, hey, that's, that's not a strike. That hasn't been a strike all night. And that in that situation cannot be called, absolutely cannot be called. But it was, and Marcus Simeon was rung up, and he went to calmly talk to Ramon de Jesus after that inning when he was going back into the field say hey this is uh this is a um a close game the game's on the line we all got to be at our best and I, I really don't think that I swung at that and I, I don't think that that's that's a, a call that you can make and then 
he threw him out. This is only the second time Marcus Simeon has been ejected in his major league career. The last time came in 2019 as a member of the A's. And I believe that was the first time that ejection against the A's was the first time in his baseballing life that he had ever been ejected from a game. So Marcus Simeon, very cool head, very even keel guy. And I feel like he was very even keel when he was talking to the umpire, just saying, hey, like this is this is not okay. This is, you made the wrong call. And I would appreciate it if you would just own up to it. And he was completely unfazed. If you look at, go back and look at the video, he just, his face did not move an inch when he was thrown out of the game. No reaction whatsoever. And Ramon DeJesus was just fired up. Just get out of here. Get out of here. And then, you know, Mike Maddox was, was coming in there running in probably a little bit too late to try and save Marcus Simeon from the ejection. And he got about maybe three seconds. I, I don't know what Mike Maddox said. He must have dropped an F-bomb in there. Ramon DeJesus was just like, yeah, no, this, this is, I'm going to throw out everybody who has anything to say about this call because uh, I am in charge here. And so uh, I am going to get away, get away with it and have absolutely no disciplinary repercussions. And, you know, Bruce Bochy was, was out there quickly after about as, about as fast as Bochy can get out there to the mound. Not, not super fast in his um, older age, but you know, he was hustling out there and, and Bochy, Bochy got thrown out as well, but Bochy really got his money's worth in his words in there. And I really appreciate Bochy doing that coming up. We're going to get into why it matters so much that Bochy got thrown out of this one, why it was the right move for him, and a little bit more frustration venting about these umpires and a lot more to talk about. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts you will ever wear. I promise you, you will not want to take them off. They are made of this stretchy, uh, khaki shorts that are designed to fit slim and in the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. You know, they fit better than regular shorts that are made of stick, stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches, stretches and gives you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool all day long. No matter if you're in the Texas heat or, you know, somewhere else's heat, these, these shorts will keep you feeling dry and feeling comfortable and looking good as well. I feel really comfortable in these bird dog shorts. I swear I wear them all the time, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm just hanging out at home, going out with some friends or, you know, just taking a walk around the neighborhood. These bird dog shorts are so freaking comfortable. If you want to get yourself a pair, go to birddogs.com slash Locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day on Monday's show. I'll be racking, wrapping up this weekend series in Toronto. The Rangers take on the Blue Jays this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this was a frustrating game for the Rangers, a frustrating series, a frustrating week for Texas. They lost two out of three in Tampa Bay, which, again, happens to literally everybody. I believe the Rays have seven home losses this year, and the Rangers handed them one of them um, on the on the uh, hands of Nathan Eovaldi, who was also, by the way, exceptional in this. But this was just a frustrating week, and Bochy was talking on the radio this week about how he wants to you know, keep a, a level, steady presence and not get too high and not get too low. And when you're a team that's been riding as high as the Rangers have and getting, you know, the bad news of the Jacob deGrom surgery and, um, you know, 
John Gray, who thankfully is not going to miss his start. He is going to be pitching on Sunday against the Blue Jays. He is not going to have to go on the IL, but the Rangers still haven't made a move with Cole Reagan, so maybe he's going to stay in the rotation. They're going to have a six-man rotation, I think. That's definitely at least a consideration for what the Rangers might do. Um, maybe, maybe we'll see um, Reagan's, or not Reagan's, excuse me, um, Cody Bradford not Reagan's. Um, Reagan's, we'll, we'll get to in just a second what he did in his first outing of AAA this season. But um, but yeah, Bruce Bochy wants to keep that level head. He's been in so many seasons so in, in his big league career. He knows when it's time to panic and when it's not time to panic. And, and right now, it's, it's just not quite time to panic just yet. But it is time to get his team fired up. And that's what a manager getting tossed does. This is the second time that he has been tossed in his Rangers tenure. The first time was in the one loss the Rangers have to the Astros this year. That was a game where John Gray exited early off after that liner we we all thought that he might have broken his arm. Uh, turns out that wasn't the case, and thankfully he was just fine. The Rangers came back and won the next day and won the series in Houston, a huge one, their first one since 2019. That really fired up the Rangers for the rest of that series and kind of kickstarted a, a really good run for them. And, you know, this is another time where Bruce Bush is saying, hey, I have I have you guys' backs. It is time to get fired up. Yeah, we're all kind of pissed off. And yeah, this is frustrating. But he, he really let Ramon DeJesus have it. And DeJesus did not learn his lesson. Usually after a team gets their manager ejected, you kind of get a little bit more favorable calls. Like, okay, yeah, I might have I goofed up on that one, but I'll give you a makeup call um, every once in a while. And, and that didn't happen. <laughs> it really just did not happen, especially you, you saw it literally in the in the bottom of the ninth inning the bases were loaded after some really huge at bats by the rangers including an eight pitch pinch hit walk by josh young young had a couple of missed opportunities i believe it was in uh, wednesday's game where he had uh, an opportunity to you know drive in the tying or go ahead run um with runners in scoring position and he struck out and expanded the zone after he got ahead in the count which was frustrating um he was getting a rare day off in this one because the rangers are in the midst of a stretch of 30 games in 31 days and bochi wanted to give everybody a little bit of rest and you know give josh smith some playing time because it'd been a while since he had done that um but Young comes in to pinch hit for Josh Smith, works an eight-pitch walk, and the bases are loaded with no outs. And up comes, well, it would be Marcus Simeon if he wasn't ejecting this one in a crucial, crucial part of the game with the Rangers down three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning with nobody out. And, you know, your best one of your best players up to bat. But no, it's, it's Ezekiel Duran, which, you know, no offense to Zeke or the Ram, but he is not Marcus Simeon. It is a great testament to the Rangers that they are able to get an Ezekiel Duran to come in and pinch hit a guy with an 838 OPS hitting 293 to come in and pitch hit for your best player who got ejected in this one. That That's a pretty nice testament to the Rangers. But it would have been better if Marcus Simeon was there and he would have gotten to have his revenge, especially if we could have seen a walk-off. If we could have seen a walk-off Grand Slam by Marcus Simeon after all of that um-show nonsense, if he didn't get tossed, that would have been absolutely incredible. But that wasn't what happened. Mar- Ezekiel Durant popped up into foul territory, didn't get a single run home. The deficit was still three runs. And then Corey Seager, who got a pitch right down Broadway, you thought, oh, this this is it. With the kind of run that Corey Seager, he does not miss pitches very often. And he missed that one. He just did not get it and fouled it off and ended up, uh, I believe, striking out in that one and, and just did not get the run home either uh, against Estevez, who just was not himself at all. 
um, just really frustrated. Excuse me. It was against uh, Webb, who was not expecting to come to this game. We saw in the bullpen he was kind of having a little bit of a hissy fit uh, that he was not expected to come into this game. But when your closer walks the bases loaded in a three-run game and does not retire a single player, you, you got to get somebody in there. And here you come to face Corey Seager and Ezekiel Duran, and uh, they didn't get the job done. And it was just a really frustrating moment for the Rangers. And it, it's really frustrating because there's going to be absolutely no repercussions for Ramon de Jesus. There's going to be nothing at all. And maybe Marcus Simeon will get hit with, with you know, some kind of, um, I don't know, <clears throat> some kind of suspension. I don't think so. I don't think it wasn't egregious enough to warrant a suspension, but uh, you always kind of worry about that every time that a player is ejected. I don't think that that's going to happen, but it's just something that I'm a little bit worried about with Marcus Simeon, who wants to play all 162 games every year. And if he's ejected for, or if he's suspended for one, then he can only get to 162 or 161. And that would not be great. But I just really wish that at some point, any umpire, any, you know, official any kind of referee could face some kind of repercussions for making huge egregious mistakes and the only time that we really i feel like have ever seen any umpire really face it wasn't even consequences it was just finally opening up to a mistake the first base umpire i can't remember who it was in the armando galarraga should have been perfect game that botched the call um that that's the only time where i've ever really seen an umpire fully like take blame for a mistake that they did it's just just take some blame sometimes you make mistakes and it's okay just own up and admit those mistakes and then we can move on from there and be better but it never happens with referees or umpires of any kind and i think that's the most frustrating part is that they can make the most blatant mistakes throw guys out because they're rightly objecting um, and there's just nothing that you can do and that's the part that really pisses me off the most but that's neither here nor there. And I do want to give credit to Nathan Eovaldi who bounced back for a really, really nice game in this one. Just two walks, nine strikeouts. I believe he had somewhere, it was um, 17 swings and misses. A really, really good performance from him and going seven innings where the Rangers only had to use two innings of their bullpen. Of course, one of those innings got blown up by Shohei Otani um, in Brock Burke. And Joe Barlow came in for a pretty ho-hum ninth inning, thankfully. Good to see him back on the mound and, and doing well. But... Evaldi getting hit for two home runs in this one, it's 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 frustrating because it is something that he has not done a whole lot of this year. He's been very good at limiting the home runs, very good at limiting the walks, and it, it wasn't even against Shohei Itani. He wasn't the one who gave up a Shohei bomb or a Mike Trout bomb or even a Hunter Renfro bomb, which, you know, those guys hit some bombs. It happens uh, to the best of them. But giving up home runs to Chad Wallach and Mickey Moniak, who... Had, I believe both of them had multiple home runs this series. It, those are the ones that really stick in your craw. It's like, okay, really? That guy? That guy got me? That guy took me deep? And it was really frustrating, and I believe both of them, yeah, they were both solo shots, but still, <clears throat> just a frustrating way to give up three runs, and if it was just two runs, then maybe the Rangers would have taken this one home and split the series, but that's not the way the cookie crumbles, but good on Nathan Eovaldi for at least going seven innings and keeping the Rangers in this one. The Rangers couldn't quite get it there across the finish line, but still happens to the best of them. And uh, I, I am willing to move on and forget the series in a second. and talk about why. And then we're going to look at the minor league player of the week and, and some other news and notes from around the farm system. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the best way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. 
in back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. If you're wanting to make some bets on Shohei Otani going deep in his next game, then, well, it's probably a good bet. If you wanted to bet on Corey Seager going off against the Blue Jays this weekend or the Rangers, you know, rattling off a win streak after this frustrating serious loss, then you can probably go ahead and do that. Or if you want to bet on the Rangers, you know, taking the division, the AOS, I bet they've still got pretty decent odds. They probably went down just a little bit after this weekend, this week, midweek series, but you can go and check out those at, at, uh, those odds on FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on all the action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Like I said on Monday, I'll be recapping this weekend series against the Jays. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast this weekend on the Sirius XM. On Sirius XM, just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this is a frustrating series loss, but the reason that I am willing to flush it and move on is that that's what you have to do. The Rangers are still in a great place. Shohei Otani went god mode. You got some bad breaks. You got some bad umpiring. You lost three out of four, and but still, you only dropped one and a half games in the division lead because the Astros lost two out of three to the Nationals, including giving up three runs in the top of the 10th inning in the Thursday night game. They tied the game in the bottom of the ninth inning down to one strike, and, and then they gave up a crap ton of runs on some on some hit by pitches, some walks, and just some some uncharacteristic bad plays. So uh, yeah, the Rangers are still in a decent place. They still have an MLB best plus 143 run differential. They're fine. They'll be fine. It was frustrating, but this team is still really good, and you've got to trust them to stay really good. Some minor league news and notes, something that I just realized today. Um, the manager of the Rangers Arizona Complex League is Wheeler Rodriguez. You may not remember Wheeler Rodriguez if you were a diehard and a, a huge minor league head, then you will probably remember Wheeler. Wheeler was a guy who made his major league debut with the Rangers at, I believe, age 33. He had been in the minors for like 12 years and finally got his called up um, back a few years ago. Maybe it was 2015 or 16, but he got eventually got his hit, I believe, in his third game. Just a really heartwarming moment for a guy who had poured his heart and soul into baseball. Absolutely beloved around all of baseball. Just a, a real great guy and one who everyone knew was going to be a future manager. Good to see him getting his shot this year. He might have actually managed last year as well, but just a fun little fact. For my minor league player of the week, I had a tough decision to make, but I ended up going with Daniel Cueva as the minor league player of the week. He hit 391 with an on-base of 462, slugged 739 with two home runs and a triple this week for the down east wood ducks a really really great week for him he had been doing all right this season he only had two home runs heading into this week but in six games he had he doubled his home run total for the season really great outing for him a second baseman down in down east who's shown a little bit of pop didn't show it as much this year but good to see him showing off that thump in his bat it was a close call between him and josh stefan who threw six innings four hits two earned runs both coming off solo shots zero walks and 11 strikeouts a career high for him 87 pitches 60 strikes and 17 whiffs a really really nice performance for him i don't imagine he's going to stay where he is for long. I'm assuming a call-up is probably just right around the corner. Stefan is a 6'3", 185-pound right-handed starting pitcher who is 21 years old from born in DeSoto, Texas, and went to South Grand Prairie High School. High School. Definitely a guy who is going to be 
rising pretty high on my mid-season list. I've liked what I've seen from him this year. Overall, he has been very, very consistent for the Rangers. A 206 ERA, 10 games, nine of them starts, 52 and a third innings, 59 strikeouts to just eight walks. Really great stuff from him. And I'd imagine we'll see him in double A at some point in the second half of this season. Another guy who I have completely overlooked and definitely deserves some love is Davis Wenzel a guy who is a former first-round pick in the supplemental round, same as Josh Young. I was confused by the pick at the time because both of these guys were very similar players. Wenzel was a little bit better with the glove. He is kind of a utility guy. Both of them were guys who had really high batting average, really high um, you know, IQ at the plate, really good plate discipline approach, walked at a pretty decent rate, but it looked like Josh Young is definitely going to have a lot more power. He's going to play more third base and and has a higher ceiling on him than Wenzel. Wenzel has been fine. He is a super utility guy and he has not, had not hit for a lot of pop in his minor league career until the last 28 days. He has gone on a freaking tear. Absolutely nuts with the power. He had four home runs on the season heading into the last 28 days. And in the last 28 days, he's played 21 games, 97 plate appearances, five doubles, 10 home runs, 15 walks to 24 strikeouts. During that stretch, he's hitting 317 with an on-base of 423 and slugging 760. That is an 1182 OPS. I have been missing this guy's resurgence or just surgeons. This is the, the best minor league ball he has ever played. And you know, with this kind of play, he, he could be a legitimate trade chip for the Rangers. He plays legitimate defense all around the diamond. I think he plays a little bit of outfield as well. And if he's hitting for this kind of pop with this kind of plate discipline, um, um, this is a guy who other teams will be asking about and will want. So far on the season, he's played 58 games. He's got 14 homers on the year, hitting 250 with an on-base of 367 and slugging at 530 and 897 OPS for him. 14 doubles as well. Really solid stuff for him. I'm excited for him. The Baylor kid, who I believe is also, no, no, he's from Irvine, California. I thought he was also a Texas native. No, but he is a Baylor kid drafted out of Baylor. 41st overall in 2019. Good for Davis Wenzel getting some getting some pop in his bat. Definitely deserves some love and uh, could be a really interesting trade chip for the Rangers this offseason or this midseason, I should say. Um, Cole Reagans had his first outing in AAA of the season. 1.2 innings pitched, zero runs, one hit, two walks, three strikeouts. Looked pretty solid in his work there. Also, Glenn Otto, a decent outing, not the best for him um, in his debut for Round Rock this year. The fastball, according to Scott Lucas, was 92 to 94, low to mid 90s, or low to mid 80s sweeper and curveball. Um, he was done after two innings, seven sliders generated four swings and misses, um, but one of them had him mumbling uh, uh, through a fish taco and it became a souvenir. So not the taco, the baseball. So that one got... Uh, Got pretty lit up, but he fanned four of 11 batters. Decent outing for Glenn Otto, hoping that that fastball ticks up a little bit. Again, I'm not super sold on him as a starter. I really want to see him as a multi-inning reliever. Um, but, you know, whatever the Rangers decide, I will I will hold my tongue because they have gotten a couple of things very, very right so far um, that I was not right on, especially Josh Spores. They, they got the one real right when I did not. But looking at some of the lower levels that are in effect now, Anthony Gutierrez is in the Arizona Complex League. In five games there, he has been crushing it. 
two triples, hitting 375 and on base of 412 and slugging 625 in five games, like I said there. Um, also, another guy that is worth mentioning in that level is uh, Baker uh, Barrazzo, who has a 1341 OPS in four games, home run, two doubles, hitting 429 and slugging or on base of 556. Some interesting numbers there so far. Now down on to the even lower levels in the Dominican Summer League. There is uh, a few prospects that I am keeping an eye on, um, but mostly Sebastian Walcott. In seven games so far, Walcott was the Rangers' most expensive international signing last year. He is 17 years old. He is a shortstop and I believe no, not a switch hitter, just a right-handed hitter. But he is 17 years old, hitting in seven games so far this year. He is hitting just 192, but an on-base of 364 and slugging 385. Decent number for him, six walks to six strikeouts, um, and three stolen bases without being caught stealing. Three doubles and one triple in 33 plate appearances. Decent start to the season for him, someone who I will be keeping an eye on for sure, um, as there's always some interesting guys in the lower end of this system. Also hoping that we can see a little bit of Anthony Gutierrez do well enough in the Arizona Complex League to get back to full season ball and start to absolutely rake at that level as well. That's going to do it for today's show. going to be a fun weekend series. Hopefully the Rangers can bounce back against a pretty talented Blue Jays team, but with a John Gray on the mound on Sunday. Hopefully a bounce back performance from Martin Perez and um, maybe a decent outing from Dane Unning. Hopefully the Rangers can take two out of three or maybe three out of three and just kick off a winning streak to get this crappy week's taste out of their mouth. That's going to do it for today's show. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.